First Kings 17, uh, beginning in verse 1. It says, Now Elijah, who is from Tishbe and Gilead, told King Ahab, As surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I get the word. A lot of people in this country would like to get that word right now, huh? Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go to the rest, I'm sorry, go to the east and hide at Kareth Brook, near where it enters the Jordan River. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you, for I have commanded them to bring you food. So Elijah did as the Lord told him and camped beside Kirith Brook, east of the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat each morning and evening, and he drank from the brook. But after a while, he, the brook dried up, for there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go and live in the village of Zarephath near the, the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. So he went to Zarephath. As he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks, and he asked her, Would you please bring me a little water in a cup? As she was going to get it, he called to her, Bring me a bite of bread, too. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house, and I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal, and then my son and I will die. But Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you said, but make a little bread for me first. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. But this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. So she did as Elijah said, and Elijah and her son continued to eat for many days. There was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you that your word is awesome. It's powerful, living and true. Uh, Lord, we just thank you that tonight as we get into your word, <coughs> as we hear your word, as I speak your word, that you would just bless our time. I pray your anointing would increase upon me and every single person hearing today. And I pray that you would uh, give us the grace and the, the supernatural strength and the ability to apply and live out what we hear tonight, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This story reminds me, as I read through this story again this morning, this story reminds me, uh, and, and, and even some stuck out at me, that the Lord will wants to and will provide for all believers, from ministers to the widow to the single moms and everyone in between and beyond, right? Like, I, we always read that as the widow, but I thought, man, she was a widow. She was a single mom, too. How many single moms do we have in here? You know, you if you're a single mom, I, I, God bless you. I, that's a tough job. I, that, that what a what a great thing to, to to raise a child as a single mom. And, and and I looked at it in a different light because of that this morning. We see it as a widow, of course, but she's here. She is raising this son now because her husband died, and she has very little. And then you got the prophet. You got the man of God, the man that's doing the Lord's work. So it's like one extreme to another. And through all of that, the Lord provides for both of them. He takes care. Of both of them. You know, the Apostle Paul confirms this in the book of Philippians. A, a very often, a scripture that's quoted very often, I quote it often. Philippians 4.19 says this, And this same God, and I love the way this translation says it, who takes care of me will supply all your needs, or some translations say will provide all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. So the Lord makes it clear. You see the Lord's heart there, right? Paul says, this same God, my God who takes care of me. It's not just like, oh, I have to do this because it's my child. No, like if you're a parent, you want to 
you're not just like, I have to do this or I'm going to get arrested, right? You're like, no, you want to take care of your children. You want to help them. You want to love them. You want to clothe them, feed them, and, 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 and do whatever you can to take care of them. He will supply or provide all of your needs, which are given to us in Christ Jesus. And he says, from his glorious riches. So what that means is he has an endless supply of supplies, right? Whatever we need. And it's not just, in this case, it was bread and, and, and it was water, it was food, and we'll, we'll read the rest of the story later. But whatever it is, that's why you often hear me pray. Whenever I pray, usually before service, and I often pray, Lord, whatever the provision is, be it spiritual, mental, physical, emotional, you've heard me pray that, right? Relational. I try to cover it financial. It, it could be, you know, and that, that's kind of the day and age food. You know, we, most of us don't grow our food or go, you know, we, we go buy food. So it's whatever the provision may be. The Lord will take care of us and our needs, but there are things that we must do on our end as well. And that's why I'm turning the corner tonight. I want to, I saw this in a different light as I, as I read through it this morning that, you know, I am sometimes asked, I've been asked before, as we're praying with people and believing for people for, that are look, waiting for a provision, waiting for maybe a financial provision, some kind of a breakthrough, something, and they're asking, man, I've been praying, I've been doing, why isn't the Lord answering my prayer? Why isn't the Lord meeting my needs? And my question sometimes is, and if you're asking that question, my question to you would be, are you doing everything on your end that you need to do? Because, you know, sometimes God supernaturally provides a need for us. But we'll see just through this story, through this one chapter in the Bible, how there were things that we see the Lord supernaturally provided for them. But there was things that they had to do. Matter of fact, it's four things. I want to give you four things tonight that we can do while waiting for God's provision. All right, four things that we can do while waiting for God's provision, all coming out of this. Number one, and this is back to the basics, but I think people miss this when they're believing for provision. Follow the Lord's instructions, which is obedience. Follow the Lord's instructions. Do exactly what the Lord tells you to do. We see that in, in verses through, two through five. Then the Lord said to Elijah, go to the east, east and hide, go to the east and hide by the Kareth brook near where it enters the Jordan River. And I think about that. That's very specific, too. He didn't just say go to the Jordan River, right? You see that? He was very specific on where to go, the east side of the river and, and or the brook by where it meets the Jordan River. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you, for I have commanded them to bring you food. Look at what he did. So Elijah did as the Lord told him and camped beside the Kareth brook east of the Jordan River. The Bible even makes it clear that he did specifically what God told him to do. Are y'all tracking with me? The Lord gave him a specific word, and Elijah followed the instructions specifically, not just generally. He didn't just like, man, I'm going to go down to that bayou over there because I can't find the Jordan River, you know? No, there was something specific that he had to do. That's how Elijah would sound if he was from South Louisiana. After the river dried up, the Lord gave Elijah further instructions. 1 Kings 17, 8 and 10. Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. So he went to Zarephath. Again, there was something specific. So for the second time, Elijah obeyed the Lord's command. And then we see right after this, the widow followed instructions as well. Verses 13 through 16. But Elijah told her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you've said, but make a little bread for me first. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. But this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. 
So she did just as Elijah said, and she and Elijah and her son continued to eat for many days. Again, she did, what does it say? She did as Elijah said, just what Elijah said, and they began to eat. If you notice, it wasn't just Elijah's instructions that the widow was following. This stuck out at me today too, because in verse 8, the Lord said, I have instructed a widow to feed you. You see that? So and so I think it played out like this. I would assume it played out. I say assume if the Lord told Elijah before he even got there, I've instructed a widow to feed you. When Elijah instructed her or asked her to feed him, she like, like we would probably say she liked to blow a gasket, right? She's like, I don't even have enough food to feed me and my son. We're about to go eat this little food and die. And then when he goes on to tell her like, hey, listen, if you do this, the Lord is going to provide for you everything you need. So if he told Elijah, she, he already had instructed her, I'm thinking at that point in her heart, the Lord must have spoke to her or confirmed what Elijah was saying. So I, I think she was doubly obedient. I think she she followed instructions of the man of God. But when he said, I have instructed her, he must have spoken to her in that moment or he moved on her. She must have had a peace or had something that, that she knew that was going to be all right. So she followed exactly. Instructions. Listen, this is the application, y'all. Obedience is an essential part of God making provision for you. I don't, I don't, I, I didn't get any amens right there because I don't think we connect the two. But I believe the Bible is very clear in this. The Lord supernaturally provided for both of them, but they both had specific things He told them to do. Now, listen again. I'm not saying God has blessed me and provided for me out of left field when I never saw it coming, and I didn't have nothing to do with it. I get that. But I believe through the, the, the scripture and what we see, again, Paul says these stories in the Old Testament are types, are shadows to instruct us here in, in the New Testament church. And I believe this makes it clear. A lot of times the Lord's telling us to do something or go somewhere because this is the key, because he's aligning in us or he's positioning us for the provision. Are y'all following me? He's telling you to go do something or go Go, it might be a job. Take this certain job. Contact this certain person. Give the little bit that you have because he wants to set you up to provide for you. He's, he's given you a specific instruction so he can align you to the position or maybe the person that he wants to use to provide for you. Are y'all tracking with me? Because ultimately the Lord's our provider. It doesn't matter who you work for. They're not your provider, right? I, we say it, Pastor Todd says it, Family Life Church is not my provider. I know ultimately the Lord is, right? I, I get, a, I, I get a, a check from Family Life Church, but the church is not my provider, the Lord is, right? Are y'all tracking with me? If you, if you, you know, if you look at it like that, everything, I know you work hard. I'm looking at Marcus, owns a business. He works hard. I know he, you know, but it ultimately is the Lord, right? The Lord gives him the strength, the ability the, the, to be able to work with his hands and do business and whatnot. And so ultimately, the Lord might be aligning. It might be Marcus. He, the Lord might be telling Marcus to take a certain job because that job would be a, an awesome provision for him. Marcus might be like, I don't want to go work for that dude. And the Lord's like, I'm telling you, you need to go work for that dude, you know? And and I don't know if we always connect it. And I, I, don't, I think oftentimes people don't. They're like, man, why isn't God providing this certain need? Have you done what he's told you to do? Because at the end of that obedience, at the end of that instruction, may be that provision that you're looking for. Y'all tracking with me? And, and, and we see this here. Listen, I, if, if you've heard me speak uh, any amount of time, you've heard me say this. God doesn't always give handouts. Again, I've got blessed just through, through things that, you know, 
I never saw it coming, a gift or, uh, you know, something, whatever the case may be. But also, there's been other times, and when, before I started working here at the church and I was painting for a living, I, I use this example often, so again, forgive me if you've heard it before. There was times where, again, somebody walked up to me and said, hey, man, let's talk about finances. I want to I just bless you. You and your wife go out to eat. Y'all go to dinner, or I, I want to, you know, uh, bless you with the weekend, or whatever the case may be. But there was other times when I used to paint for a living that I would get these side jobs, and I'd have these, these, these side jobs where I'd have to work overtime on my own, and I'd work in the evenings, and I would work on the weekends. Is that the Lord's provision? It absolutely is. Sometimes it could be a check in the mail. Other times it was me working until 10, 11 o'clock in the evenings and on the weekends. But guess what? I would make more money working in the evenings and the weekends you know, than I would regularly. So I believe that's still the Lord's provision. And sometimes it's like the Lord's waving something in our face. And listen, it again, that's just an example about money. Whatever it is, but I need to tread lightly here. But you know, let me just be honest with you, and this is goes for me too. We have a, you know, a lot of people have the health issues. I say a lot. People do have health issues. Sometimes part of our health issues, there's stuff we can do on our end to prevent or help those health issues. As you're believing God for a healing, now don't don't throw nothing at me, okay? But but wouldn't you agree? I mean, there's things there's. There's choices that we can make in our own body that can either prevent or hurry along some certain, you know, things that are going on in our body. Now, I believe the Lord can supernaturally heal us, but there's also might be things that the Lord's telling us to do or stop doing that can maybe bring about a healing. Maybe it could bring about the restoration of a, of a, of a, a relationship or a loved one. Y'all got kind of quiet with me on there. So, but are, y'all understand what I'm saying? Obedience and following instructions is directly connected. To, to the Lord's provision in some cases. In this case, it was. If Elijah would not have gone, I believe, according to the scripture, to that exact spot of that brook, those ravens would have probably went laying somewhere else. Probably would have had a pile of meat and bread somewhere else, right? He told him specifically, you notice that? Specifically, the east side of the Jordan, on the brook, the east side where it meets the Jordan, there was a specific path because obviously he instructed the ravens to go there. He specifically told the widow, give to me and at first, not after, not like, hey, once you and your son eat, if you got a little bit of scraps or crumbs left over, give it to me. No, he said, go and do it and give it to me first, which we'll talk about that in a minute. So one, follow the Lord's instructions. Two, trust in the Lord's instructions. And these goes hand in hand. What if, what would you think if the Lord told you that some bird or animal is going to bring food in their mouth for you to eat? <laughs> I, I kind of figure what you're thinking because you're all laughing. Michelle has this like I'm about to throw up in my mouth look on her face. So, right, if you like, man, some raven at that, a scavenger bird, right? That Like if it was some little pretty like blue jay or card, it might be like, oh, yeah, that's cute. He brought me a robe. But like a raven, like a scavenger. Right? You, you ever watch animal shows? These ravens get all up in the carcass of an animal to eat, right? So, I mean, or just think about that. Think about, hey, look, a coyote is going to come and bring you a steak tonight. I mean, that'd be pretty much the equivalent, you know. What would you think? Like, you'd probably be like, well, I'm not that hungry, honestly. <laughs> you know, But think about it. That, that's, a lot of us would probably be so grossed out we wouldn't even want to do it. Elijah trusted that the Lord would use a bird and then later a poor widow. Think about that, to provide for him, even though it didn't make sense. What about if the Lord asked you to give of just a little bit that you had left, like he did for the widow? 
What if he says, hey, listen, I know you need a provision. There's something in your life. You only got a little bit, but I want you to give that or a portion of that. What what would you think? Would would you be like, man, I, this would this Lord, this is going to be hard. The widow had to trust that if she gave some of her food, she would get more food for her and her son. Again, this doesn't make sense in the natural realm, but both Elijah and the widow put their trust in their supernatural God. Right? You remember we the declaration I, I mentioned earlier in that, that was actually in the chapter before where he he declared the Lord God I swear in whose presence I stand, and then he. At the beginning of this chapter, remember verse 1, he's talking to Ahab and he's he's saying, hey, look, I'm committed to the Lord. He was trusting that something that didn't make sense in the natural realm, his God that he served, our God, would work it out supernaturally. So we have to trust, not only obey the instruction, but we have to trust the instruction. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And this is, I know where it had to rub me, had to meet the road for both of these. And do not depend on your own understanding. Think about if both the widow and Elijah tried to depend on, like, tried to reason this out. Okay, so a bird is going to come bring me food, a raven. Okay, so I got to give my little bit of crumbs to you, and I'll get more. Think about it. In the natural, it didn't make sense. That's why Proverbs tells us, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not depend on your own understanding. In other words, if you try to figure it out, it's going to derail you every time. Every time. You, You can't trust God and try to figure things out at the same time. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. And in this case, again, you see where obedience and trust work hand in hand here. If you trust the one that's given you instructions, you'll be obedient. Let me say that again. If you trust the one who's given you the instructions, then you will be obedient. You will follow the instructions. At first, you can tell the widow didn't understand how sharing her food would work out for her and her son. Look at verse 12 again. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jar. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal and then my son and I will die. In other words, she was like, this makes no sense. I, I, don't, I don't have any food to give you. But then once Elijah gave her the assurance that the Lord would take care of them, then she trusted. Verse 13 through 16, but Elijah told her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you've said, but make me a little bread first or make, make a little bread for me first. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for you and your son. For this is what the Lord God of Israel says. There will always be flour and olive oil in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rains and crops again. So she did as Elijah said. And she and Elijah and her son continued to eat for many days. There was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. At first, she wasn't having it. This doesn't make any sense. She's trying to understand it. But then when he gives her another word and says, okay, listen, if you do this, you're always going to have food until the rain comes again. That word right there sparked trust in her. Once she began to trust that the Lord would do what he said, then she moved and to follow the instruction. Are y'all tracking with me still? You know, listen, if he wants us to understand, if he if, if the Lord wanted us to understand everything, there would be no need for trust or faith, right? And the Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. So that's why Proverbs tells us, trust in the Lord, have faith in the Lord, they're first cousins, and lead not on your own understanding. That tells us that whenever you're waiting, let's go back to the topic here, you're waiting for God 
to provide. Again, it might be healing. It might be an emotional healing. It might be a physical healing. It might be a restoration of a marriage or a relationship. It might be a job. It might be provision. It might whatever the case. You know, financial. It might be a vehicle you look you're needing or something like that. Whatever the case may be, it's not always going to make sense. It's not always going to add up. So you have to trust the timing of the Lord. That's another thing. You got to trust God's timing. And you got to trust that he's going to take care of you, and you got to follow the instruction. Trust and obedience go hand in hand. If you trust the one giving the instruction, you're most likely to follow him. If you know the Lord wants to take care of you, remember that's his heart, then trust him, and he will give you the instructions and the directions of your life. All right, number two. Number three. That was number two. Number three, give your first to the Lord. As you're waiting for your provision, give your first to the Lord. First Kings 17, 13. Elijah said, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you said, but make me a little bread first. See that? Not the leftovers. Make me, well, she wouldn't have had much leftovers. They probably wouldn't have had any leftovers because a little bit she would have, like, scarfed it down. But he said, make me a little bread first. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for you and your son. Despite the widow's dwindling supplies, Elijah asked her to feed him before her or her son ate. Similar to the poor widow who gave only two coins in Luke chapter 21. This woman gave from the very little bit she had. Now, before you get too nervous, I'm not just talking about money, okay? But money is part of it. Giving your tithe, which we'll look at in a minute, is a part of it. But but I like the way that, that the message uh, says this next scripture in Proverbs 3, uh, uh, 9, because I think it gives us a, a better understanding. Proverbs 3, 9 says this. Honor God with everything you own. Give him the first and the best. So when you see the first, give him the first and the best. Now, again, this is speaking about finances, and it is speaking about the tithe. Giving you 10% of your income to the Lord. Whatever they may be, giving you 10% to the Lord. Malachi 3.10 says, bring your tithe to the storehouse and uh, know that the Lord will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing so much to where you can't contain it. Yes, it is part of it, giving the first part of your income that you get to the Lord. And that, that's part of what it is. And I've had people tell me, man, I can't tithe right now. My bill, I can't even barely make my bills. And, and, and there's a, you, you got to understand the spiritual principle that it, when you can't tithe, that's the best time to tithe. When you're struggling the most, that's the time to give and be, because it goes back to point one, to be obedient in this and trust the Lord. Because if you be obedient, Point two, you're trusting the Lord that if I give you this 10%, this first on, 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 on what I have, the little I have to even pay my bills or buy groceries, Lord, I'm trusting that you're going to bless the next 90 and provide for me. So that is part of it. It is the tithe. I want to encourage you. It, you know, for, for years when I, I was young in the ministry, I used to kind of stray away from talking about the tithe. Cause like, oh, they're going to just think the church wanting their money. But I, oh, as the years go on, my conviction that I need to preach on the tithe because the tithe is more for your benefit than it is for ours. Because you know what? I'm a Christian before a pastor, and I tithe as well. And I've tithed since day one, and the Lord has never let me down. He's true to his word. He's always provided every single thing that me and my family need. But I believe God wants to not only give his first, our first, but our best. The best of every part of our life. And so when you think about that, what what is your best? Or, or let, Let's go back to the first. And for me, this next one, the first, is my best. Now, I know this can be a little, uh, a little, can go both ways. But that's why, let's look at it this way. 
Give the first of your day to the Lord. Give the first of your week to the Lord. That's why we have church on Sunday. And then give your first of the year. That's why we have prayer and fasting every year in January. Well, let's go back to that. For me, that's why, you know, getting up and spending time with the Lord first thing in the morning, it's, it's putting a priority on your relationship with Jesus. You're saying, Lord, so there's, a, there's another translation that says gives your first fruits to the Lord. There's something about when you get up in the morning and the first thing you do before you put on Fox News or check Instagram or check your email or check your text message or, or watch Paspa 2 or the weather or whatever it is, that you take some time. It don't have to even be a lot of time, but take some time. Prioritize that, like, I, I'm going to I'm gonna do this. <laughs> My father-in-law tells me about how he, he, um, he, he'll read the scripture. He gets the scripture of the day and he pops it. He said he'll actually go and he'll turn on the news and he pauses it. But then he reads the scripture today, and he clicks on the whole chapter, and then he reads that chapter from the day, and he meditates on that, and he, and he spends some time with the Lord first. He's like, then I go turn on the news because now I can fast forward through the commercials, you know? So it's like for him, it's a twofold blessing. I'm giving the Lord the first part of my time, and I ain't got to watch commercials after I watch the news, right? But there's something about that. Now, for me, it's twofold. It's giving my Lord, the Lord my first, and it is my best. I'm a morning person, so I, I'm the best in the morning. Some people and some of you out there, you might be like that pastor I heard that said, if God wanted him to see the sunrise, he would have put it later in the day. Is that you? How many of y'all like that? You're like, that's me, brother. I, I don't, you know, I don't. Uh. Some people have told me, Brandon, I am sharper in the evening. I'm better in the evening. And so I get that. If you say like, and I knew people like that. I know it was like, especially creative people, they seem like they, they're like, man, I, I'm up last night writing or making songs and stuff. If, if the evening's better for you, you're less distracted, whatnot, I get it. The heart of the matter is, are you giving your best to God or are you giving your leftovers to him? A lot of times for the tithe, it has to be the first. That's what it says. It's That's what a tithe is. It's the 10th. It's the first of it. The Bible makes that clear through Malachi, through the scripture I just read. But are you giving your best to him? Your first in the morning, the first of the week. That's why it's so important. We have midweek service. Great y'all are here. But that's why we you have church started on Sunday. It's the first part of the week. You're kicking off a brand new week saying, Lord, I want to give you the first part of my week. Because I'm believing for provision for the rest part. And then again, for, for for the year, for us, we always do, if you're new to our church, uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting every year like clockwork. Uh, Brother Francis started with seven days of prayer and fasting when Pastor Todd became the lead pastor. he started. They started doing 21 days. We still do that. And that's part of it. We feel like we're tithing our year to the Lord. We're closing our mouth and turning off the TV, and we're we're fasting for 21 days for three weeks. I'm making a plug for next year's prayer and fasting already. And it's a principle, not only not only for why we do it, but when we do it is very important. And and so I just want to encourage you, the principle of it is giving your first, even if it's only a little, to the Lord. Because you remember that, again, I, I referenced that, that little widow, another widow again in Luke 21, and she only had two little coins. Jesus was watching. She dropped it in there. And she said, he said she gave more than anybody else. And it wasn't the amount. It was because that's all she had. But she still put God first. Matthew 6.33 says, seek first the kingdom of God. Follow this. Then all these things will be added to you. So going back to provision, it's not up there. But if you want to write that down, Matthew 6.33, seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. Then all these things will be added. So we're talking about provision. Whatever it is that you believe in God for, be it spiritual, mental, physical, emotional, relational, financial, a job, health, whatever it is. Seek first God's kingdom. Put him first. Give him the first of what you have. All of you, not just your money, your day, your time, your week, and these things that you believe for, I believe, will be added to you. And the fourth and final thing, obviously, is, you know, I talked about trusting the Lord, but then 
solely relying only on the Lord. Like trusting what he says he's going to do, but then relying that your provision is coming from him. We know Elijah and the widow had to rely on the Lord for their food. But the second part of this chapter shows us how they both had to rely on the Lord in an even greater way. So let's read the rest of the chapter. 1 Kings 17, 17 through 24 says this. Sometime later, the woman's son became sick. He grew worse and worse, and finally he died. Then he said to Elijah, O man of God, what have you done to me? Have you come here to point out my sins and kill my son? But Elijah replied, Give me your son. And he took the child's body from her arms, carried him up the stairs to the room where he was staying, and laid the body on his bed. Then Elijah cried out to the Lord, O Lord my God, why have you brought tragedy to this widow who has opened her home to me, causing her son to die? And he stretched himself out over the child three times and cried out to the Lord, O Lord my God, please let this child's life return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's prayer, and the life of the child returned, and he revived. Then Elijah brought him down from the upper room and gave him to his mother. Look, he said, your son is alive. Then the woman told Elijah, now I know for sure that you are a man of God and that the Lord truly speaks through you. I always found that interesting because that was a miracle that she didn't have no more food. She kept going. She's like, okay, that was cool. But now I know you're a man of God, you know, but why? Because it was an amazing miracle. You know, before they could maybe have gone killed something and ate something. Maybe they could have scrounged up. In this case, her son was dead. You might be in a part in your life where might not be a person, but you might feel like there's something in your life that's dead, that it's impossible to revive. There may be some kind of provision, some kind of something you're looking at, and you're like, man, this thing's over. It's dead. It's done. Don't give up hope. If you rely only on the Lord, miracles like this can't happen. Now, we need to rely on the Lord in every position of life. But there's some things, again, there's some things where you can kind of scrounge up. You can borrow money. You can do this. Maybe go, you know, make a little extra money. There's some things that we can do. But there's other situations where you have to rely totally on the Lord. So, again, is there something or someone that you've been relying on other than the Lord? Let me close it out by saying that as, as I wrap it up. Whatever it is, whether it's a big thing, like something that you feel like like has died, so to speak, or, or, or whether it's something like, you know, to the smallest thing. Because sometimes it's, the smaller things could be harder to believe for because we know we can just go and go ahead and fix it ourselves. Are you look, do you look at your, your, your employer as your provider? Do you, do you look at, you know, what is it? it? You can look to your spouse as providing something from you that only the Lord can provide. We have core needs and core longings and, 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 and true agape love that we can't always get from other people, right? That has to come from the Lord. We get fooled up that kind of love from the Lord, then then almost the rest of that kind of love, like Dudley talked about earlier this year, can can finish or complete the job, so to speak. Do you need a miracle in your life? And know you have to rely only on the Lord, because like her son, there's no one else that can do it. There's no one else that could have brought this child back to life. And lastly, are you relying on anyone or anything except Jesus to get you to heaven after this life ends? Are you relying on yourself, maybe? Are you relying on, man, if I come to church enough, if I'm a good enough person, Brandon, I think think I'm going to make it, man. I think I'm going to get there. The Bible makes it clear that every single one of our works are, are like filthy rags. He says, you're saved by grace through faith, not by works, so that no one can boast. There's nothing you can do. You can do the best things Every day of your life, all day long, 
And that still would not be enough to get us to heaven. The Bible says we have to rely and trust on the finished work of the cross when Jesus died on the cross for us. So do me a favor, bow your head with me, close your eyes. And as I just mentioned a few of those things, what provision are you needing from the Lord? I mentioned a few of them again. What, what, it could be a financial, it could be a job, it could be some kind of relationship, restoration of relationship, healing, maybe direction. Maybe you just, you need, your provision is like, you need direction. Like I said, talking about being obedient to instruction, maybe you're like, man, I just need direction. I have a decision. I have a big decision in my life I have to make here soon, and I need God's direction. I need him to speak to me. I want to be obedient, but man, I want, I want him to speak. I need, I need to hear. Maybe that, maybe that's the provision. Or maybe it's salvation. Maybe you've been in, thinking or relying or planning to rely on something or someone other than the Lord to make it to heaven when this life ends. This life is so short. If it's any one of these, I want to pray for you right now. But specifically, I want to ask, is there anybody in here that you say, Brandon, I don't know if I'm right with the Lord. I, I've been relying on maybe my church attendance, my knowledge of the Bible, and things that are good things, but not relying solely on what Jesus did for me on the cross. Listen, the Bible says that we've all sinned and fall short of God's glory. And that the wages of sin of death, that means the price that we would have to pay would be our lives. And that word death means eternal separation from God. But the good news is, and the, the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. That means anybody who believes in Christ Jesus. If you say, Brandon, I don't know if I'm not right, if I'm right with the Lord, and I don't know if I've placed my total trust and fully are relying on him to spend eternity in heaven. If that's you, you say, man, I need to get right tonight. Nobody's looking around. Everybody has their head bowed. Eyes closed. Why don't you just slip up your hand? I see your hand right here, ma'am. Anybody else? Anybody else? You say, man, I, I need to get right with the Lord. I need to get right with, I, I want to rely on Jesus for my salvation. Anybody else? Okay, well, we're going to pray together. We're going to pray for this lady. And anybody else that, that you say, man, I, I, want to, I want to put my full trust and rely on the Lord. Let's just pray this. Lord Jesus, Lord, I know you love me. And I know that you died for me. Lord, I ask that you forgive me of my sins. I accept the free gift of salvation. And I place my trust and my faith in you. Lord, I look to you and I'm going to rely on you and you alone for security of salvation and eternal life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, why don't we give her a round of applause. Hey, do me a favor, stand up with me. Listen, maybe there's something. As I've been praying tonight, now let's pray one more prayer and then I'll be willing to pray with you if you have something specific. As I've been speaking tonight, if you say, Brandon, and I, that you may have raised your hand earlier, but after me sharing, if you say, man, there's something specifically I'm believing God for. I need a provision in my life. If that's you, just lift up your hand. Let me see your hand and just keep it up. And I just want to pray with you. And if you want individual prayer and more detailed prayer, you can come up after we dismiss. But keep your hand up. Look at all these people with their hands up. You believe in God for something specific. Come on, let's do our part. Make sure if the Lord speaks to you to follow his instruction and then trust him. Trust the word. Trust him. If you trust him, you'll be obedient to him. Right? And just, just know that. Rely only on the Lord. Make sure you give your first and everything to the Lord. And I'm going to pray for you. Father, with every single person's hand raised, they're believing you for something. Lord, there's some something that they want you to provide that they need help with that they, they want you to take care of them 
Lord, so I join my faith right now with my brothers and sisters, Lord God. Everybody with their hands raised. I don't know what their need is. I don't know what provision that they need you to supply for them. But your word said you supply, you provide every single one of these needs according to your glorious riches that are already been given to us in Christ Jesus. I join my faith with their faith. Come on, just let faith drop in you right now to, to believe the Lord for provision, for breakthrough. Lord, I pray for your supernatural provision, for, for circumstances to change, for the atmosphere to change in their lives, in their hearts, Lord God, in Jesus' name. And give us the grace and give us all the strength, Lord God. I'm praying for myself as well to do what we need to do on our end while we're waiting for the provision. Lord, we want to be obedient to you. We want to trust you. We want to rely on you. Lord, we give you our all. Lord, we want to give you our best. And all that we do, I pray your blessing be poured out upon these in every way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, God bless y'all. Y'all have a great evening. Again, if you need specific prayer, we'll be down here to pray with you. If not, drive safe. Have a great night.